You know what really sucks? Public school really sucks. Like, really sucks. Like, if you had a good time there, you were either a jock or really, really popular and nothing could go wrong or you were really rich. That's the only way. Because I don't know anyone who's ever had a good experience except for my cousin. And he was a complete and utter jock. And even then, he hated school. Okay? But you know why? You know why it sucks? Or why I I think it sucks? And because, because the first... Well, there's a couple reasons. Of obviously, there's always a few, a more, more than, more than one, a more for a few. Love, I can't work today. Wow, I really should have scripted this out first, shouldn't I? Oh well. The first reason is that I live in a place that refuses to teach things that. Don't make them look good. Like, literally. They literally romanticize and glorify everything about them. And if you know, you know. If you don't, well, then you probably don't live here. Because, uh... Never once, not once, the entire time that I went to school, did... Went to public school... Did I hear a story where they admitted they were the bad? We admitted we were the bad guys. It was like, no, we did everything right. And come on, yeah, okay, so we were the winners, but we did things wrong. There were a couple things that they told completely wrongly. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. They romanticize and glorify everything, especially on TV. And they make everything on TV seem a lot worse or a lot better than it actually is. Okay? And then there's the types of teachers, like the inspirational teachers, and they have quotes on the wall, and boards, and on the assignments, and they, and they, give speeches before every big class and constantly are telling you stories about their childhood but when do they ever actually teach you like they spend so much time gossiping with other students and telling you inspirational stories that they don't actually teach okay and I I don't ooh, okay, and then you have the one the 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 ones who are the realist like I'm literally air quoting that right now so realist teachers okay, and they are always going on about how oh college is not gonna be like this or oh the real life is not gonna be like this or how the college and the real world would never accept this from you and blah 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 you've all had that teacher you might even have that parent but uh let me tell you college is a lot more accepting than any high school ever like 
my sister, okay? For example, my sister, when she started college, she was freaking because she had all these health problems. And, uh, but she said the teachers were actually really cool. And they let her get off easy. And my teacher, my teacher, okay? My teacher is awesome. My high school counselor teacher is amazing. She's helped me through so much. Like, she's actually one of the... She's one of the actual good ones. Okay? Um, so, which is really, really rare. And if you get them, hold on to them and never let them go throughout your school experience. Because you need them. Don't let them go. Okay? Okay. So, she's helped me through a lot. And by a lot, I mean a lot. Okay? Like, a few weeks ago, like a week and a half ago, uh, I got a notice saying that my enrollment for my next college class wasn't, uh, hadn't gone through. But, yeah, I've spent the last five or six weeks doing the class. Like, I'm doing the assignments. I'm working hard. I have a really good grade. But the enrollment didn't go through. And so my school counselor was like, absolutely not. No. Uh, Can we please? And so she helped with that. And she was awesome. And my college teacher, she's helping a lot. Because the next two weeks, I'm going to be at a family reunion. So I have the episodes pre-recorded. And they're going to set up. But. The next one or two weeks after that, maybe Cass will be telling the episode. Cass or Beckett. So, yeah. uh, Anyway. So, then you have the cool teachers. And, okay, these guys... There are two types of cool teachers. They're the actually cool ones who... They don't think they're cool, but they're cool. Like, they can be pretty intimidating, but they're cool. And then the ones who are, who, oh yeah, I'm cool. I'm the cool teacher. Like, oh, come into my classroom and, like, disrupt me in the middle of my class and I'll stop my class and stop teaching class to talk to you. Ooh, I'm so cool and, and... Uh, yeah, I don't like those type of teachers. I had a few of them. And now, the, the, the actual cool ones, they, they were either the class clown or the popular kid, and there is no in between. And I'm sorry, but you cannot tell me I'm wrong, because I'm not, and you know I'm not. And they really do try their best to include everyone. And it's not their fault they're in a shitty program. And then there we have the creep. Plain and simple, they're a creep. They creep out the students, they creep out the other teachers. But unless something happens, no one can really do anything about it. So everyone just deals with it. 
And yeah. No one listens to them because, uh, uh, they just don't like them. And subs also tend to fall under this category because subs, subs are either really chill and like laid back and don't make you do anything. Or you have the very, very strict ones who don't like anyone and shouldn't even be subbing because they hate children. And then you have the ones that have been there forever. And by forever, I mean, like, literally forever. Like, they've been there for, since the, the, the 80s, the 90s, the 70s, maybe even the 60s. Hey, they they could be in their 80s and teaching, I don't know. They could be with how, how, how dumb the, see, the payment thing is, and yeah. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, it's 24 hours later, but I'm back. Now, why did I go on the whole teacher spiel? Well, I've been... I've been hyperfixating on wars once more, uh, and more specifically, the Revolutionary War, which one day I will do a full episode of everything I know about that, and it's gonna be like six hours long, and then I won't upload anything for a month because we have a six hour long episode. And World War Two, and oh my god, I was so, I was taught so wrong about World War Two. like, I don't even know what happened in World War One. like, I wasn't even taught about that. And then World War Two, it was just very, very much wrong, like, I was taught that Anne Frank was, like, straight, like, she may have had a boyfriend, and that Germany was winning the war until America came in. And I learned that little boy blew something up, but never learned what it was or how much damage that caused. And learning that traumatized me. I learned that after little boy blew up, Germany surrendered immediately. And I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that Jack Churchill, about Jack Churchill, or Irina Sendler, or Amo Kuvenen, or the different aircrafts and what they were used for, or I wasn't even taught about, well, I was, like, I heard the name a few times, but we weren't even really taught about the Treaty of Versailles. All we were told was, like, 12 group leaders, like, there was America and Japan and Germany. I know for sure, but no one else. We didn't know who was there. And they all signed this agreement that Germany would take on all of the war's debts. And everyone was okay with that. But that's not what happened. Or I don't think it is. I'll do an episode about it one day. Anyway. <laughs> I... Most certainly did not learn what we were talking about today, like, even a little bit. 
I hadn't even heard about it. And, yeah. So, today we are talking about this group called White Rose. And there's, like, I'm probably translating it wrong, but every time I tried, or in any English document or paper I read, it was called White Rose. So, we're calling it that until I'm corrected. Now... Hans and Sophie Scholl are the ones I'm talking about, and they that's more or less because they were the ones I found most information on. There's really not a lot of information about the other members of the group, which is really sad because they all deserve all the attention and all the all the all, a lot of attention. Now, Their parents were Robert and Magdalena Scholl. Hans was born in Kralsheim in September twenty on September twenty second, nineteen eighteen. Sophie was born three years later on May 9th, nineteen twenty one, in Forkdenberg, where Robert was mayor. Where Robert was mayor, yeah. Now. Before I continue, because I know I'm going to get this confused later on if I don't clear it up now. Robert and Magdalena both served in World War I, both being medical orderlies. That is how they met. Robert was a very much a pacifist and very, very, very much against the fighting. So, they had six children total. Inge, 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 who was born in 1917, then Hans in 1918. Elizabeth is born in 1920, and Sophie is born in 1921, then Warner in 1922, and finally, Thilda in 1925, although Thilda did not make it past her first birthday. So, in 1932, the family moved to Ulm, where Robert began working as a state auditor. Whatever that is. It's also around this time where all the kids... Okay, so it's 1932, and there's little whispers here and there, and all of a sudden, Hitler Youth comes up, and all the kids join it, because they don't know better, they don't know what's about to happen, so they all join it, and they are very much for it, and... Robert and Magdalena are like, um, we're highly, we're highly advising against this, but, but we believe you should learn this yourself, or something like that, so do what you want. 
And for a while, the kids really did support it. And they even agreed with it. Because it seemed like the truth. It, It was real to them. That's what they were being told by all these very important people. And like, if you're told something by someone over and over and over again no matter how ridiculous it is some part of you is gonna start believing it especially if you're a child so that's what happened with them and they really did believe them and when Robert would bring up the fact that he didn't, he was against it, they didn't, they argued. They didn't listen to what their father had to say. They didn't believe him when they, he told them it would all lead to war, that bad things were going to happen. But then it all started to change. In 1934, while 16-year-old Hans was in one of these Hitler youth groups, Hans met a 15-year-old boy by the name of Rolf Futternecht. And I really hope I say that right, because I almost said it wrong like six times. And I kept glancing back to it, and I'm like, oh no, if I mess this up, I'm going to have... I'm going to cry. Now, he meets Rolf Federnecht, and he falls totally and completely in love. Or, well, as in love as you can be when you are in 16 and kind of in the middle of the war, and your relationship is more or less illegal. And... Of course, the relationship lasts no longer than a year, but the two do remain friends afterward. But Hans finds out that it's it finds out that it is illegal. He didn't know this before. He didn't know it was illegal and learning that he, the that loving another man is illegal devastates him he is devastated it like shatters him so he returns home and he's very disheartened and the illusion of everything hitler is preaching begins to wear off and he starts listening to his father He listens to his father's warnings. And seeing this, the siblings start to realize that maybe maybe something is going on. Maybe it's not entirely to be believed. And it's around this time that Hans is drafted or conscripted into war. There was a lot of arguments, but I pretty sure that they're the same thing don't quote me on that though so 
not only was he in the war, but he is going to university at the time, too. So he's kind of got a lot on his plate. And I do want to reiterate something. He was part of this battle. He was part of the war. Not only him, but Willie Groff and Alexander Schmorl. They were there. They saw what was happening. They saw the camps and the murders. They saw it and they did not like it. They didn't feel good about it. So immediately they start plotting. So in 1942, they officially start White Rose. Now, White Rose was their way of going against the government in a peaceful, non-violent way. And while they're doing this, they are able to write a total of six different pamphlets, each having, each with the total, or not, and they are able to write six different pamphlets with a total of 15,000 copies. And on three different occasions they graffiti the wall so yeah it's peaceful compared to a lot of other groups at the time it was very peaceful well somehow the Scholl siblings find out about this and Sophie decides that she wants to be a part of this she wants to help her fiance Fritz Hartnagel Hartnagel, Hartnagel, I'm saying Hartnagel, I promise, also fought in the, I can't speak, also fought in the battle. He also saw what was happening, and he didn't like it either. And he also supports the resistance, so they start helping. And this goes on until February 18th, where it all begins to go downhill. Now, February 18th is a school day. All the, all the college kids of Ludwig Maximilian University, they're in class at the time. Hans and Sophie enter the school with two suitcases full of pamphlets. Slowly, they begin dropping piles upon piles upon piles of these pamphlets for these students to read, hoping that these students will pick them up and read them, hoping that what they are doing is making a difference. And finally, they go, they get done distributing the pamphlets and leave as quickly as possible so they aren't caught. But then they realize they still have pamphlets inside and classes are about to end. So they go to the top and just as the doors open, as 
as classes are letting out. Sophie throws the pamphlets down, scattering them, and once again they go to leave. But this time, this time they were caught. They were caught by a man named Jacob Schmid. Now, Jacob Schmid was a huge, a big time Nazi supporter. He he even joined NSDAP, which is the it's the National Socialist German Workers Party. And yeah. Yeah. The Nationalist Social Work So the National Socialist German Workers Party. Now he sees them and immediately reports it. He's like, Hey, we got these two kids and they're scattering pamphlets. And Hans and Sophie are arrested. And the interrogation starts. Well, while they are being interrogated, Hans is found with a seventh pamphlet. He immediately tears it up before they can take it. Most likely to hide the fact Christopher Probst was the one to writing the pamphlet. They don't want him involved. But the people find out anyway. And two days later, on February 20th, he is arrested and taken in. Two days after that, all three are put to death by guillotine. So, let me reiterate this. Thilda died in 1925. Hans and Sophie died in 1943. 1944, Warner, who was the youngest Scholl brother, went MIA, missing in action, and was declared dead. And it's hard on the family of course and they're just they're having a hard time it's especially uh sophie's older sister elizabeth because do you remember the name of sophie's boyfriend slash fiance at the time of the war Fritz Hartnagel, well, April 19, in, blah, 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 April 1945, eight years after meeting Sophie, and two years after her death, he is taken prisoner of war by the U.S. troops and is kept there. For five months, 
He is kept there for five months until September of 1945. Now, he gets out, and a month later, a month later, he, he marries Sophie's older sister, Elizabeth. And together, they had four sons. Now, they didn't get together after, in October, and immediately, after he was released and immediately go to war. They had become close after the death of Hans and Sophie. Inge died in 1998, when she was 81, and Elizabeth died in 2020 at 100. She was 100 years old when she died, so go her. This round of applause, round of applause for all of them, really. Now, a year before her death, she did give an interview for the Daily Mail. The segment, written by Alan Hall, quoted Elizabeth saying, We were outcasts, Elizabeth recalled. Many of my father's clients, he was a tax accountant, wanted nothing to do wanted to have nothing more to do with the family. It was always nothing personal, just because of business. Passers-by looked to the other side of the road. Once a foreign woman stood at the door of my apartment and said, I just wanted to see what the sister of those two who were beheaded looked like. Which, please don't. Like, come on. Show at least a little bit of sense of Show some empathy, people. Don't go to don't go to someone's dead family members and be, oh, I just wanted to see what you would look like. Like your family members are dead, yeah, but I just wanted to see what you look like. Like, come on. And that is a very, very minimalized story of the Shoal siblings. And if you do want to learn more about them, there's this movie on Amazon. It's called White Rose, and it is in German, but it does have subtitles, and I found it really good. So yeah, have a good night, stay safe, and be careful.